This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Welcome to PowerPlay, a series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm Danson Chong, ST's China correspondent based in Beijing. And I'm Carissa Yong, ST's US correspondent based in Washington. Every month, the both of us will look at various facets of the US-China rivalry and its implications for Asia. So this episode, we're going to look at the issue of Taiwan, um, which has really been this thorn in the side of relations between uh, the US and China. And this month, I think we saw those differences on full display uh, at the Shangri-La Dialogue in Singapore. Yeah, Denson, it was really a key issue that came up repeatedly during the summit, and I would say most prominently when US Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Chinese Defense Minister Wei Fenghe met. Yes, you know, it was really interesting having both sides outline their positions on the issue at the same uh, international summit. Very briefly, you know, Austin basically said that while the US remained committed to the one-China policy, it would continue to assist Taiwan in maintaining a sufficient self-defense capability. It would also uh, maintain capacity to resist use of force, you know, that would jeopardize the security uh, of the people of Taiwan. And, you know, the Chinese defense minister was uh, also very strident and clear, saying that, you know, China will not hesitate to fight, fight at all costs and, you know, fight to the very end if anyone tried to split Taiwan from China. Very firm positions there. And I think what really gave the Chinese pause is Austin's statement about maintaining the capacity to resist any use of force that would jeopardize the security of Taiwan. You know, I think for some Chinese scholars here, it seemed like a sign that US policy on Taiwan might be changing. Um, but Kirsten, you know, before we go any deeper, could you maybe get us up to speed on US policy on Taiwan? So the U.S. has a one-China policy, and what this means, Denson, is that the U.S. recognizes China as the sole legitimate government of China, but it only acknowledges, and the key word here is acknowledges, China's position that Taiwan is part of China. It doesn't recognize China's sovereignty over Taiwan, and the U.S. also does not support Taiwanese independence. And all this is the basis of America's formal relations with the PRC and its unofficial relations with Taiwan. And, you know, this nuanced position was enough for the U.S. and China to establish formal ties, to develop relations and to do business with each other. But, um, Denson, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, Taiwan does seem to be much more of a fundamental issue for the Chinese government. Yes, I think it's helpful to keep in mind the, the Chinese view of Taiwan. You know, it's, it's seen as this kind of last remnant of this uh, century of humiliation that began with the Opium War, you know, when... Kuomintang troops escaped and settled in Taiwan in 1949. And since then, you know, the PRC government has seen the island as a, as a renegade province. And reunification with Taiwan is, you know, acknowledged or seen to be part of uh, Xi Jinping's goal of, you know, rejuvenation of the Chinese nation by 2049. You know, China even has an anti-secession law, which basically says that, you know, China will be justified in using military force if, if Taiwan formally splits from China or if possibilities for peaceful reunification are no longer possible. Ah, so this is where it gets tricky because under its Taiwan Relations Act, the US is obliged to ensure that Taiwan can defend itself. So for now, Washington has a policy of what it calls strategic ambiguity. It won't say for sure whether it will or whether it won't come to Taipei's defense if the island is attacked. So this is supposed to leave both sides guessing, and it's meant to dissuade China from attacking Taiwan, while also dissuading Taiwan from pushing for formal independence. So for the US, the point of strategic ambiguity is to stabilize these cross-strait relations. 
Yeah, I think you know for for some forty some years that sort of strategy has you know sort of kept the status quo and the peace uh, you know across the Taiwan Strait. But you know, Carissa, how has this U.S. position changed over the years? Well, it's complicated. So President Biden said last month that the U.S. would defend Taiwan in a conflict, which sounded a lot like the end of strategic ambiguity. But um, we also have to keep in mind that President Biden is known for gaffes and for speaking off the cuff, you know, kind of slips off the tongue. <laughs> and actually, it's not just on Taiwan, but he also um, speaks like that on Ukraine too and other issues. And, you know, U.S. officials have had to walk back his comments on several issues before. So they did so again with Taiwan. You know, they said that U.S. policy had not changed. You know, the White House issued a statement like really quickly after Biden spoke, just stressing that. But even though the White House later walked back these comments, commentators have pointed out that actually Biden has been quite consistent on this. He said things to this effect three times since August 2021. And, you know, all of this cumulatively gives the impression that the president's mind is, you know, a certain way and that his administration is much more likely to defend Taiwan if push comes to shove than, you know, you might otherwise think. And on top of all of this, you know, some lawmakers are also unhappy with the policy of strategic ambiguity. And, you know, they've called for the U.S. to make a stronger commitment to defending Taiwan. And also ongoing is, you know, the U.S. wants Taiwan to modernize its military to be able to defend itself. So they are actually having their annual security talks this week. And the U.S. recently announced a latest arms package of U.S. like $120 million for parts for Taiwanese Navy ships. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Yeah, I, I think the point is, Carissa, is that, you know, China looks at all of this, um, all of the things that you just just lined out. And you know, it just proves to them that the, what the U.S. says, you know, doesn't match its deeds. Um, and, you know, uh, from its point of view, you know, it sees that, that one China policy is shifting. So, you know, with how relations between uh, the U.S. and China have, have worsened in the last few years, you know, there's this sense that, you know, Washington is using Taiwan to, to, to put pressure on China. And, and you know, this, this thing about playing the Taiwan card is, is something that you hear a lot here in Beijing. Yeah, and the other thing that, you know, we should probably note is that there's more to Taiwan-US ties than security, and they've been getting closer on several other fronts recently. You know, US lawmakers have been making congressional visits to Taiwan. US officials have been pushing for Taiwan to regain its observer status in the World Health Assembly. And the US and Taiwan just unveiled a trade initiative this month. Yeah, you're right. You know, both sides are getting closer and closer. And I, I think the, the last thing I want to say also is that um, China also sees how um, the you know the U.S. has taken on you know this sort of ideological turn you know when it comes to to confronting China you know Biden talks about how this is a battle between uh, democracies and autocracies and you know it calls you know Taiwan uh, democracy and you know Taiwan was you know was invited to to its summit of democracy at the end of last year but I, but I guess you know I, I I wanted to hear thoughts on what you think is driving Washington's moves on Taiwan. You know, is it, as the Chinese say, you know, just a card that, that the U.S. is playing or is there something more? Well, you know, if you ask analysts in Washington, you know, they see the U.S. actions as a response to China's increasing pressure on Taiwan. So they, they view the U.S. actions more of reactions rather than provocations like, you know, China sees it. So, for example, the U.S. and, you know, Taiwan have repeatedly pointed out how a record number of Chinese fighter planes entered Taiwan's air defense zone last year. And, you know, that's the sort of provocation that they see themselves reacting to. 
Yes, but you know, from the Chinese point of view, these flights, you know, across the Taiwan Strait and into the Taiwan's air defense zone, uh, China basically sees this as a way that is asserting sovereignty over Taiwan's, uh, you know, over Taiwan. And, you know, it's these things have become more frequent because they see all these provocations from the US. So I think in some ways, both sides have backed themselves into a position where it's it's very hard for them to, to back down from. But, you know, why is, is Taiwan so important to the US, you think? Yeah, I think this is another reason why it's, you know, hard for both sides to back down because, well, we all know that the US is in competition with China. But it's, it's more than that. I think, you know, Taiwan resonates with Americans because, you know, it's an issue of democracy standing up against autocracies. And that's always going to be an emotive issue for Americans. And Washington does see Taiwan as sort of a standard bearer of democracies in Asia. And on top of that, you know, they've had decades of close ties, even though they were informal and are informal. And, you know, Taiwan is a close trading partner of the U.S. and they work together on a wide, wide range of international issues from education to public health and the environment. And on top of all of that, you know, there's the, the people aspect. You know, there's, there's a sizable Taiwanese diaspora in the U.S. between about 200,000 and 700,000, according to a study last year by the Pew Research Center. And they tend to have a strong political identity as Taiwanese Americans, not just Chinese Americans. And they are quite assertive about that. And also, U.S. public opinion has gradually shifted to become quite supportive of Taiwan, actually. Um, There was this survey by the Chicago Council on Global Affairs last year, which showed that a majority of Americans actually favor U.S. recognition of Taiwan as an independent country. And they also support, you know, Taiwan being included in international organizations and, you know, the U.S. signing a U.S.-Taiwan free trade agreement, which is all something that, you know, China would see as a provocation. But what really jumped out to me is that, you know, just over half of Americans favor using U.S. troops to defend Taiwan if China were to invade the island. You know, hopefully it you know, never comes to that, but that is where the American public is. Yeah, and, you know, this, this was really a, a big concern I think uh, on on the minds of of defense ministers uh, during the Shangri-La dialogue, you know, the concern that there could be a prospect of war across the Taiwan Strait. You know, the Japanese PM uh, Kishida had, had, I think, raised this prospect of a Ukraine-type conflict in East Asia. You know, but what what do you think? You know, is is Washington ready to aid Taiwan if if you know push came to shove? I think, Denson, the Russian invasion of Ukraine has actually made it more likely that the U.S. will not stand aside, you know, will get involved if China and Taiwan go to war, especially if this is triggered by sort of a mainland attack or what looks to be a mainland attack. You know, you you just have to look at how the U.S. has responded to Ukraine. You know, so far it's promised around $5 in security assistance to Ukraine since the invasion started, just several months, and that's $5 And on top of that, it's galvanized the international community to vocally condemn and diplomatically isolate Moscow. And it's also rallied many countries to impose strong sanctions against Russia. So it's really hard to imagine that the US won't do the same for Taiwan. And to me, I guess the question is also what kind of security aid it will give Taiwan and whether or not the US will commit troops on the ground. So for Ukraine, so far, Biden has been quite steadfast in not sending American troops to fight in Ukraine itself because that might be a step too far for the American public, but I don't know what it would be for Taiwan. Well, good points. Um, I, I, I think, you know, here, basically the, the Chinese line of thinking is that only by, by arming itself and boosting its military capabilities will it be able to snuff out or head off any kind of notion of secession from, from Taiwan. And I, I think, you know, what 
what's happening in Ukraine now is giving China some pause about using this reaction. Chinese leaders look at the sanctions that have been imposed on Russia, and they look at the level of support that, you know, as you said, uh, Ukraine has gotten from countries like the US and other nations. And I think it's making them, you know, think more deeply about the choices before them. You know, Taiwan is a much more uh, significant economy than than Ukraine. You know, it, it's a semiconductor hub and it's you know, very important to, to global supply chains. And, uh, you know, Chinese leaders know that, you know, resorting to military force uh, could very likely spark a regional or global conflict. Yeah, and I think it's worrying that the temperature around the Taiwan issue has increased. But, you know, at least in Washington, I think it's a good thing that the White House quickly walked back Biden's comment on strategic ambiguity. I feel like that goes to show that they are not keen on drastic shifts in cross-strait policy. For now, anyway. (laughs) Well, um, thanks, Chris. I think that nicely wraps up our chat. You've been listening to PowerPlay, and I'm Denson Chung. And I'm Carissa Young. Do check out our bylines in the Straits Times online. We also have links in our podcast text description below. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.